Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's go out to uh, the guest line right now. We'll talk to Ira Winneman, the Toyota of Hollywood guest line. Shop over 1,500 Toyotas indoors in one of America's largest showrooms at Toyota of Hollywood on 441 between Hollywood and Sheridan. Uh, good morning, Ira. How are you? Ira. You know you know what, guys? I feel like every night, every day after a heat game, it's like I just came back from the amusement park and, and rode another thrill ride. Because yep. they never make they never make it easy, do they, fellas? Man, they really don't. And that third quarter is just happening. I was like, it gets to like seven. I'm like, man, this kind of basically feels like it's tied. And no, then it, it was so fast. It was just gone. There I, was half a quarter left, and the game was tied. I, I, it was it was weird, but obviously the thing that was. Uh, the huge statement yesterday, as you brought up to Spo in the the post the post game press conference, was he did the old Popovich, did the the old five for five yeah. swap out, and I mean it seemingly worked. It kept him afloat for sure. I mean, and you could probably go through a ton of NBA rosters and not be able to cobble together a five man second unit. I mean, that's the thing about this team that sets it apart. Also, is most teams would be going to the very end of the bench of a guy who never plays. But because he's rotated through so many players this season, because James Johnson again sort of reinvented himself and Ke- Kelly Olynyk came out of, you know, that, that, that being buried at the end also, he had five guys that you could rely on. So when he put those five in, you, it, it was not like a case where you said, wow, this is utter desperation. That guy never plays. So that's sort of the depth he's been talking about is, again, you know, and I, I'm not harping here. I'm not, guys. I'm just pointing this out. Again, it's the lesson to all the guys who think they're never going to play that if you play it right and you work hard, you'll get your chance. We all know what I'm talking about. Not going to mention any names. That was a typical example right there that five different guys had their chance. I mean, mean, man, it's like, you know, I, I know other people are building more important cases at this time of year. But if ever there was a case to be built about why you should stay with it and shut up and stay in your lane and, and do things, you know, the, the heat way or whatever, this is the example. Kelly Olynyk is a thing again. James Johnson is a big thing again. And because they had five guys to pull out of the deep freeze, because they didn't trade Kelly Olynyk, Derek Jones Jr., or Goran Dragic in the machinations last year for Jimmy Butler, they had a chance to put five pretty good players on the court and salvage what was a disaster. Well, you know, he was. It was I was kind of surprised because when you were talking to Spell before before the game, he seemed very still very irked about the game, the, the, the loss in Washington. I was, I was kind of was like, whoa, like he really he's he's still not over that one. And um, with the perform with a game like that, I mean, he made the point yesterday that it you know it really was just a really terrible five minute stretch, and and it does show that they were able to win. But it is concerning, like this 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 uh, this. I guess this lack of defense where teams do seem to be able to turn it on the heat and, and really crank it up and get back into games with them at the drop of a hat. Yeah, you know what's happened is the, the zone defense was a real change of pace. And, and most teams don't practice against zones and don't consider it and go, okay, it's a gimmick. So the heat rode it hard, really hard for a while. There's not a team that comes into Miami that isn't game planning with their zone offense. 
we saw Sacramento run a beautiful zone offense on yep. Monday. They were prepared. They had a day off. They got the ball to the middle. They just missed a ton of open shots, but they got every shot and moved the ball you'd want against the zone. Yesterday, the start of the second half, you know, the Heat stayed in their man-to-man. Here's the problem, guys, and it's kind of simple. Most players on this Heat roster are minus defenders. They simply could not defend as well as they could score. They give up the points on the other end. You run into those problems. They try to hide it in the zone. They can't. That's why I think Eric Spolster, when he talked about putting James Johnson back in late, and he mentioned it in his postgame comments, is we can try to put defensive lineups out there again. That's the Justice Winslow issue. That's why they miss him as much as they do, because this won't fly in a playoff series. In a playoff series, when you are game planning for seven games, you are going to set up Duncan Robinson like raw meat. You're going to set up Tyler Hero like raw meat. You're going to run all your offense to attack the weakest parts of the other team. And if the Heat are going to play offensive basketball and want to get Hero out there and want to get Robinson out there, and to be honest, the Myers Leonard, the Kendrick Nunn, the Goran Dragic's, there's just a lot of holes in this team's defense. So now the Heat have to come up for their sort of third plan of the season. Okay, they went to number two to the zone. They need something else. There were too many minus defenders. It's crazy to talk about the Miami Heat and basically the majority of players on this roster are sub defenders the way they're playing. It's it's also been a weird year in the in that like they started out with the home schedule like it, it felt like we were walking into a, a bunch of blowouts every single night, and now they're in the situation where it's great that they are gutting out these wins and, and getting wins. Obviously, wins are the most important thing, but. Uh, is it is it important again for them to kind of show that they can keep, I guess, a level of steadiness throughout a game? Because it feels like we do, like like you alluded to early on uh, in the segment, that it does feel like a roller coaster ride basically every single night. Like you don't know yeah. what you're going to get quarter to quarter. I think you see that around the NBA. I think the three point game has changed so much that that every deficit is nothing more than a multiple three. So when the Heat went up 21, in today's NBA, you're saying, okay, seven three-pointers, they have it tied. It's just a different game. The math in the NBA is different. It's almost like in the NFL, you're assuming the two-point conversion. So all of a sudden, the eight or 16-point deficit is, okay, just two scores, and we're back in the game. That's where the NBA is, that you have to keep your foot on the pedal. You have to sort of keep going. And you know what? To me, part of that is this. Jimmy Butler is playing such a measured approach. He's only doing what is necessary. His first shot of the game came six minutes in. His first basket of the game came even after. That's a nice approach for a guy who understands it's a long season. He's going to play big minutes. He's going to go deep in the playoffs. That's where they lack that second leading man. Bam Adebayo isn't that. It's hard for a post player to be that. I think if you had the counter to Jimmy, so you always had someone in attack mode, I think it'd be easier to sustain. Goran Dragic at times has been that, but I think that's why we're still talking about one more piece for this team. You know what? Yes, you want to stop the other team. But the best way to stop a 10-0 run or 20-0 run and keep going is a couple of relief baskets of your own. They really don't have that guy when you look at it. They don't have the one guy, Tyler Hero, hit the threes, God bless him, where you say, wow, we're getting killed. Give it to him. Get the heck out of the way. He's going to get your points. At most, Jimmy will get you two points. He'll go to the foul line. Sometimes, like at the end of the game, he'll get you one point. I think that's the difference also. I think they need that other sort of rally stopper that we'll see tomorrow when the Clippers come in in Lou Williams and that kind of player. I think that's still what they lack. Maybe they can develop that in Tyler Hero. Well, well Leroy's going to get mad at me with this. but No, I'm going to get ready to say You want me to say it? You, you, you have to say it? You're going to get mad at me about it. You have that guy. 
No, no. What, what, I, what, I, what I just found interesting was, you know, there was all this talk yesterday about like Jimmy Butler, and he's, you know, he's 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 uh, set up for the Heat just right, and you know that flirtation lasted kind of like a year, and then it fi- he finally ended mm-hmm. up here, oh. and then Bradley Beal, you know, he's midway uh, through the first year of this extension, and he's already talking about we need a change of culture in Washington and just so happens he balls out right in front of Pat Riley and Pat Riley's probably looking at his teenager rookies thinking all right like uh, what do I do here do I call up, uh, Washington in the summer or do I look at him as the next piece like it, it felt like a, almost like a showcase Bradley Beal was putting on if, if he wants himself some culture yeah and you know what and I thought it was almost a showcase that Jimmy Butler was putting on saying if you come here there will be shots for you I'm not a high-volume shooter. Everyone is talking about, oh, the Heat have their big scorer at Jimmy Butler. They don't need that. They need another big instead. And I think, you know, I was, I was thinking that during the game also, is that another high-volume scorer would actually fit on this team because Jimmy's not a pig with his shots. Jimmy's not a, I want my 15 shots every night. He's a pick-and-choose. He's become a fill-the-box score kind of guy. So I agree. But you know what? You get a point, usually in life, you get one chance to make your stand and decide, I want to be a free agency, a free agent, I want to force a trade, or I'm going to stay here. I think Bradley Beal's tried to have it both ways. He wants his a lot of money because yeah, of his injury right. history, so he signed the extension. As you mentioned, he is not eligible to be traded until after this season, and even then the math makes it very difficult. He can't become a free agent until 2022, logically a year after the Heat add another player and they're out of cap space there also. So I think he sort of made his bed, and I do agree that part two of that is, and I use Kendrick Nunn as this example, but I could use Tyler also, you want manageable contracts. So if you were to trade Tyler Hero and, let's say, Filler, Dion or JJ, or even Kendrick Nunn and Filler, you're giving up a really valuable contract. Tyler Hero tied to the rookie scale for five years. Kendrick Nunn at the minimum of this year and next year with a very small qualifying offer in 2021. Those contracts and that value is almost as valuable as the 20 points that a player can give you also. So if you're asking, you know, when you made your reference, do you trade Tyler Hero for Bradley Beal? Well, if you do, you're done. You know, so that's the difference. If you keep your value contracts, you can keep adding other pieces also. So I wonder if they would trade a nun or would trade a Tyler Hero for someone who's just a pure scorer like Bradley Beal. I'd rather go for the two-way player like a Drew Holiday or something who can give you multiple facets to replace some of what you're giving up. Ira, when they play this zone, you think if they had like just a rim defender? You know, we have a lot of wing defenders – and they're not right. most of them aren't really that good. But if you had a big in there that could kinda they could funnel some of that, you know, some of that pressure to them and they protect the rim, you think that would help that zone a little bit more? Well, one, I hope you're not going back to going to the dark side of the bring Hassan back. No, 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 hey, hey, blasphemy. There's two factors here. Number one, an NBA zone can't be like a college zone because you have to check in and check out in less than three seconds in the lane. Correct. So you can't have a quote-unquote goaltender. It's a different defense. So you're not going to always be able to maximize that guy because most teams are playing now what they call five out. So there's not a guy to touch up against to say you're actively guarding in the lane. So number one, that's a little different. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Leroy, I can't tell you how many times I'm watching the Heat and you realize there's no deterrent. They have this rare combination that I don't think you've ever seen. They have bigs who don't block shots and don't take charges. 
You know, usually <laughs> you talk to guys and they'll do one or the other. Right. Myers Lynch does neither. Kelly is not taking those charges. I think he realized they hurt. So he's not taking them <laughs> Kelly's anymore. not close I enough to the action. Oh, my God. How about that yeah, charge that, know, Tyler, just, that Tyler Hero took yesterday? I'm like, just saying it's the littles who yes. have to take that instead. And, and that's the problem for this team is when I see a guy turn a corner, I say bucket because that's what it is. They need to get something close to the deterrent. I don't mind if it's a charge taker. That'll work also. But you guys are right right now. Their bigs have such little impact and such little deterrence that unless Bam is in there doing what he did in overtime and making his aggression plays, they don't have that. Again, they're an offensive team. That's the decision they made. Do you give up some of that offense for a shot blocker? Most likely not. Those kind of the kind of guys are out there. They are to a degree a dime a dozen a non scorer like the Willie Reed types. But are you actually going to play a guy like that, or do you insist that they have to be a three point shooter as well? I agree. A lack of deterrence does change things for the Heat. Yeah, there was also it's also tough because Bam. I mean, at times it seems in those clutch situations they're going to put him on the guy who's who's right. trying to initiate the right. offense too. Like, I mean, they were they were getting cooked so bad by Bradley Beal, so they're just like, all right, we'll try we'll try Bam at the end of this thing. And I mean, it, you know, thankfully the uh, the shot was jumping up and down a little bit, but that leaves you that leaves a huge hole in the middle for sure. Uh, how how impressed have you been uh, with 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 the rookies and Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero? Because I mean, there were times uh, in the season where I thought, all right, maybe this Kendrick Nunn ride is over. I mean, it's re- he's he's been unbelievable with with his ability to score, with the with the amount of places he's able to score on the floor. And then Tyler Hero was kind of going through a little bit of a mini rut, and and him showing up yesterday, uh, it doesn't feel like the wall's quite there yet for them. Uh, like, should we expect it still, or is that something that you think will really showcase itself maybe in the playoffs, or are they, or or should there be no concerns with them? I think there's no concern for a kind of an odd reason because there's so many of them because there's so many young guys that if Kendrick Nunn is down like last night, Tyler Hero is up or vice versa. Duncan Robinson's just a second year player. You know, everyone's talking about that rising stars on Friday night at All-Star Weekend or the Heat going to have two in there with Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero. And you forget that Duncan Robinson is eligible also. He's a second year player. He can be in that event. So I think what's happening is I think those guys are hitting walls in individual games, maybe games that don't set up for their particular skill set. But because the Heat can keep rolling out young players, you can even throw really. I mean, he's still relatively young. Derek Jones Jr. in there also with that huge baseline dunk he had in overtime last night. I think the way you beat the rookie wall is a volume of rookies. Okay, the guy can't get up the rope to go over the wall. Send in the support. Send in the reinforcements. <laughs> send in the other guy to dub him over, you know, like in those Marine drills or something. That's the thing. The volume of youth here for a Heat team that's always been veteran-oriented, I think that's what makes the difference. And I think that's so hard, you know, why it's so hard to predict the Heat box score because you don't know. Because it's Duncan one game. It's Kendrick one game. It's Tyler one game. It's, it's, it's Derek Jones Jr. one game. The question, like you guys said, is when you need definitive guys in the playoffs, Will there be definitively where you can say, okay, instead of having a beta and a guy who's going to back up Jimmy with three strong games in the seven-game series, can you count on one Nunn game, one Robinson game, one hero game? That's how this team is built. I guess we'll see this sort of hybrid approach if it works in the playoffs or not, or if ultimately singular skilled players like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid makes a difference instead. 
Um, before we get you out of here, Ira, you got a chance to talk to James Johnson this week um, and and get his thoughts kind of on getting out of Spoh's doghouse. And man, again, yesterday, a huge three to tie it up late. It's it's it's, it's been an unbelievable run for him. Uh, what did what did you get from him that you found most interesting? And and what do you make of just this 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 great run that he's been on since he's back in the good graces? I, you know what? I, he's look. He's a different guy. We know that by the way he dresses, by the way he talks, and all that. So. Sports locker rooms are full of different kind of cats, and you sort of move on from that. But I think he gets what it takes to be a professional for this reason. He also understands when he's not a professional. When someone gives him a sanction or something, he'll sit back and go, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't have done that. I should have come in a condition. So he knows the rules going in. He knows when he violates the rules. And most importantly, he knows what it takes to get back. So I think because he's ridden that roller coaster of a career, he understands that to get to the good times, you have to do it the right way. So I think it's kind of weird. I never thought I'd say James Johnson is a pro's pro. But in many ways, that's what he is because he knows where the line is. He knows when he crosses it. He knows what he needs to do to get back in good graces. That's what he's done now. His teammates still love him. They've always loved him. If you watch the pregame layup lines or whatever, they're always joking around with him. He's always walking in with a bunch of players when they come in for the game and they come out of the player's garage. So that's the difference between James Johnson and some other guys. And now the timing. You guys always talk about opportunity. If Justice Winslow wasn't injured, we may never have seen James Johnson. We might have seen him as often as Deion Waiters. He understands the other part of being a longtime pro, seizing the moment. And he saw that with Justice missing all this time, and he said, now's my time, and he took advantage of it, unlike some others. So I think the thing with James Johnson, because he's ridden the roller coaster his whole career, he realized when you get the moment, you better seize it. Look at last night. He misses one wide-open three. Doesn't think twice, hits a wide open three to tie to tie the game. He's been there, he's seen that he's done it. That's the advantage of a veteran also. Well, if he keeps this up, and this may be something that may never come up because I don't know what the health status of Justice Winslow is, but if Justice right. does come back in a week or is reevaluating, whatever the hell it is, uh be you know, he's a he's a first round pick of the Heat. Uh they invested a contract in him and, and he's still young. Does Justice get right back in there? Or if J.J. keeps us up, is he going to be in the situation where he kind of has to wait the opportunity? I think Justice gets back in for multiple reasons. Number one, remember, James Johnson is still playing the role of a ninth man. So let's not overstate where he is right now. Even last night, sort of uneven. You've got to find out about Justice. You've got to find out if you absolutely have to have him on one hand. Or honestly, you've got to build value as a trade. He is your number one trade asset. So many people I talk to now, I don't know if I agree with this, say, Justice is making sure he doesn't come back until after the February 6th trading deadline. <laughs> I've heard that. To stay here. And you know what? And there might be some logic to it also because he might see himself as expendable. But then you'd have to see what he is and who he is. One of my Ask Ira questions the other day was, we're five years in, the Heat don't even know what position is Justice Winslow. So I think there's something to that. If he's ready to play, you have to play him, either to reestablish his value for your rotation as a quality defender or to have that chip to dangle in June and July because he's probably your most tradable chip with your best sort of you know, salary right there who can be paired then at $13 million with James Johnson's 15 or Deion Waiter's 13 to get you that quality piece. So, yeah, I think if Justice Winslow is playable, you play him. Even if it means one game at St. Johnson sitting, one game at Kelly Olenek sitting, yeah, I think you have to prioritize uh, Justice Winslow for what you said because you can't just give up on it and turn him into a non-factor on the rotation 
and a non-factor in the trade permutations. Zara Winterman, always appreciate him joining us on Thursdays. Thanks, Zara. Thanks, Zara. Back on, back on the roller coaster tomorrow against the Clippers. Thanks, guys. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.